Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Empowerment with Elizabeth. Today I'm here with my sweet new friend Camilla, um, and she is going to talk to us about her dance journey and being a dancer with ABT. So Camilla, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello. I am 27 years old. I'm a New Jersey native. Um, My parents are from Cuba and Argentina, so I'm technically first generation American. Um, I've got an older sister who also learned, you know, to dance and now she's teaching um, different types of dancing. So like jazz, tap, hip hop, things like that. Um, My mom was a dancer and I am currently married and live with my husband and my sweet cat, Bowie. I love it. I love it. Whole squad. (laughs) Um, Okay, so start off by talking to us about kind of walk us through your dance journey. Where did you start and then kind of go through up until where you are now? Okay, Um, so technically, I guess I got to do the corny thing and say that I started dancing in the womb uh, (laughs) because my mom was a professional ballerina as well. So she's been my main inspiration this whole time for me. Um, and so she actually did dance while I, while pregnant. So while I was in her, fitting. Her <laughs> um, and yeah. And so I started dancing when I was five was when I was first put into ballet classes. And I first started doing those types of classes that are just like for fun and everything. My mom just one day asked me and my sister if we wanted to take up dancing and we we're like, okay. And so sure. we did. And I actually took it serious, like way more serious than my sister did when it came to ballet for some reason. She just noticed like the way I would like stand was different and the way I wouldn't speak to friends or anything like that during the class. Um, and so my mom was my first serious ballet teacher. Um, and unfortunately, at a certain point, we were kind of clashing because the whole mom being your teacher and then her having to teach you and, you know, give you corrections and things like that wasn't so great. So she found that like I had potential and so uh, made me audition for SAB, the School of American Ballet, which is connected to New York City Ballet. Um, and I got in. And so I started taking classes there while simultaneously I was still like taking classes with my mom because she wanted to make sure I was still, you know, you know, keeping up with the technique and everything and getting a good, strong foundation like any dance mom would want. (laughs) And, um, after three years with the School of American Ballet Theater, uh, sorry, School of American Ballet, I transferred over to the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis School at American Ballet Theater. Um, I was there for five years. So I think starting in 2008 or nine, I was there from when I was 12 until I was like 16, 15, something like that. Um, And the years get foggy. (laughs) Um, And I graduated from there. Uh, I did pretty much all of my summer intensives there until I went to the Joffrey Ballet School in Chicago, which I think it's technically called the Joffrey Academy. (laughs) Um, And I did my first summer intensive there. I got into the trainee program. And from there, I went into the studio company. Actually, it was their first studio company ever, so that was cool, historical, I guess. And then um, got into the main company, and that was my first professional job as a dancer at 18. So that was pretty cool. And then... Um, the dance journey continued. <laughs> and 
I left and I went to the World Swedish Ballet um, in Sweden, which was very cool. Uh, I was on a production contract there, so I was only there for like three months of the year, which was fine for me because it gave me more than more than taste that I wanted. <laughs> and um, they were going through like a directorship change. And so while I was there, it was a very like foggy time for everyone there. They weren't really sure who was going to be their new director and everything. And so I left after that production contract. And then I found my way to Indianapolis Ballet, which was the first uh, company there after a long period of not having one in in that part of the Midwest. Um, it was the inaugural season and I joined with them in January of 2018. And I was with them until March of 2022 when I got into ABT. Um, and so, yeah, and I've been there ever since now. And so it's kind of crazy how my journey like went all over the place pretty much and like got me back to ABT, which was really great. Like that was the goal. I love that. I love that. Um, I, I danced growing up, but very, very different dance than you did. I was not a ballet girl. I was very much a hip hop, jazzy girl. I, you know, I had people always telling me like ballet's the foundation and I was like, but I hate it. And so I quit. So I don't know like all of the ins and outs of ballet. So walk us through what a day in the life of being a professional ballet dancer looks like. Like, what does being a dancer at ABT mean? Does that mean, like, once or twice a week rehearsal? I'm assuming not. Um, but just kind of walk us through that. For somebody, like, pretend like we're stupid. <laughs> Absolutely. I will let you know. So, <laughs> the typical day starts at 10.15. We have company class, which is just your regular ballet class to, you know, warm you up for the day of rehearsals to come. And from there, we have like a 20 minute break um, where you probably like wipe your sweat off, and <laughs> change your leotard and get ready for the first rehearsal of the day. And rehearsals will go from 12 to 7 p.m. with a one hour break at three to four is normally that lunch hour. Um, however, the days can be very different based on what we're rehearsing and what we're preparing for. Um, like currently right now we're rehearsing for Onegin um, and Swan Lake uh, as the full-length ballets and then we have some other new works in the mix as well being rehearsed which are going to be for the fall season to come so we've got a little bit of like what we're going to do sooner rather than later and then we have some things that won't be performed for another like quite a few months you know um, and so it's exciting uh, right now like I think the newer full-length ballet that we're doing is Onyegin, and it's another one of those story ballets that are a delight to watch. Um, and the company hasn't done it since, I believe, like, 2017. Oh, wow. So it's been a while. Yeah. And Swan Lake, we perform it every year. It's my, my favorite ballet to perform, honestly, because, I mean, it's just, like, the most rewarding ballet to perform. Uh, what the women go through in that ballet is, like, nothing else. There's <laughs> nothing else I could describe it. Uh, I could compare it to I mean and it's just like when you do it it's I don't know you feel like you're invincible towards the end because you're like I can't believe I just put my body through <laughs> you're, you're dancing like the full four acts and standing on one leg for like 10 minutes at a time can be a lot like it's crazy Fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's a, it's a fun time and so like that's what we're rehearsing right now we work Tuesday through Saturday 
which is actually kind of nice because then on Mondays, like if we want to schedule our doctor's appointments or, you know, get massages or whatever it might be, like we get that done um, on those days off. And when we perform, our biggest performance season is when we perform at the Metropolitan Opera House in Lincoln Center. Um, that can span from five weeks and we have seven to eight shows a week. Um, so wow. it's, it's a lot. Yeah. There's double show days twice a week. Uh, so it can, ouch <laughs> oh my gosh no yeah swan lake is probably my favorite one to watch too i was in it one time and i mean full disclosure listen we get real on this podcast and i vividly remember i was in the core because i was not good at ballet because i did not like ballet and so i i vividly remember this i was in the core and you know you're in white and totally started my period i also had the flu it was just Oh. Truly, the worst experience. Ever. Combination. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's the worst. <laughs> no. I totally get it. I mean, I've been there. White tutu ballet with period and not fun. Doesn't go well. Yeah, not a good combination. <laughs> okay, so talk about what the most difficult thing about working in the dance industry is. I think it's the fact that it literally taxes you in like every aspect of your life in the in the mental, the emotional, the physical. So it, it's, it's really, it tests you. It's a challenge. And like, you have to be a strong person, a strong human to do it. And so that's something to like, be impressed with yourself, I would say, like, uh, to be graceful about and give yourself that compassion that like, if you can get through that, you can get through anything in life, really. And I feel like, um, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And so, I mean, it's a lot, like you can be mentally fried one day just from learning so much choreography that like, <laughs> you can't even like think straight anymore. <laughs> and that all you hope the next day is that you'll remember it all like from the day before. Um, but yeah, and it's a lot on the body and the older you get, the harder it gets as well. The more sore you are, the more you feel your joints stiffening and all of the all the good stuff you know <laughs> but um I mean like I wouldn't have it any other way you know so do you have like a like a routine that you go through like you mentioned massages but do you have like a routine that you go through to make sure that your body is in the best shape possible for the week yeah I mean I started to make sure that every week I get a massage on Sundays and I allow it to like sink in my body for mm. like at least a little bit more than 12 hours like give it like 16 18 hours kind of a thing and then make sure i do like some sort of movement on my mondays so whether it's like a pilates video or like a yoga class or like a, a full-on workout like something um i also like i'm lucky my apartment building has like a sauna and a steam room so i will use those on sundays um, and then also throughout the week, um, I will either do a workout before going into the city for class. I live in Jersey, so I, I commute. Um, and so I'll either wake up, roll out my yoga mat, do a Pilates video, and then show up to work, do a little bit of rolling out, and then start class and do the whole thing there. Um, and then I just found someone who's going to be like a bit of a trainer for me like in the Cuban physical fitness ballet technique 
I, that's a terrible way to say it. How do I say it? Like she's um, the like the Cubans have like their version of like the perfect workout for ballet dancers, huh. and I just met this incredible woman who is going to be my new trainer and so i will be seeing her twice or three times a week um however our schedule allows it so we're going to be doing that which is great um and yeah so i just try to make sure that like basically stay active if your days aren't as active as the usual make sure you fill it in with some form of a workout or something you know and then, um, you know, when you get home, it's all about decompressing and recovering and letting your body rest, uh, making sure you're taking the right supplements, the vitamin D, the magnesium to let your body rest at night, you know, um, compression sleeves are great, like the electric ones. I just got the ones that are like wireless that you can fancy and just let them go. <laughs> <laughs> let them let them squeeze the <laughs> out of your calves. Um, those are really good. Uh, I have a really great back warmer that I just got on Black Friday. All the shopping. Happens Heck yeah, on Black Friday. as you should. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> check out them deals, guys. It's really good, um, and it like warms up my back. So oh, that's so nice. nice. Like especially like when you wake up in the morning with back pain, it's not fun. No, no at 23 i started feeling that so it's crazy how fast the body can age when you're in a physical uh environment you know yeah. <laughs> fair so, yeah that's what i've been focusing on <laughs> i love it i love it and then i always like to ask um professional dancers pro- professional ballet dancers what their favorite point shoe is if you have one yes oh so that's another funny thing Well, my favorite point shoe I've been wearing since I became pro is the Suffolk Spotlights. Um, and I normally like the hard shank, but my feet have been kind of transforming lately. So my whole life, I've been a five and a half, two X. And now literally since last Met season, I've grown a full size uh, more. So I'm now a six and a half, two X. Don't know how. Interesting. Don't know how, but apparently like. <laughs> That happens in the middle of your career, your feet grow, and you're like, how? I don't know. I wish I could explain it. But, like, yes, so now I'm, like, a six and a half, and now I'm not sure if, like, the hard shank is my favorite. Maybe I like a standard shank. I don't know. We have to we have to do some point shoe surgery to figure that out. But Gotcha. Yeah. A little bit of an identity crisis there. Yes, just a little. Gotcha. Bit, <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, so we, you talked about your the most difficult part of being a professional dancer, but what is your favorite part about being a professional dancer? well the fact that I get to be paid to do what I love you know like what I've been working for ever since I was a child I mean when I was a kid I didn't even know that this could be a career that you get paid to do this like I thought when I saw my mom on stage I was just like my mom's a ballerina that's just what she is that's what she does (laughs) I didn't know she was getting paid for it I didn't know it was her like job I didn't know it was you know like it was an occupation and so once I did find out that it was, I was like, well, that's going to be me. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You were all in. <laughs> it's all in, literally. Um, okay, so what is the most surprising thing that you found from being a dancer with ABT? So it could be like, um, I didn't know that they had snacks in the break room. Or like literally like just the most minuscule things count. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um... The most surprising thing for me, I would have to say, is 
the incredible work environment. Um, everyone was so friendly, so welcoming, so kind. Uh, the same thing goes for the artistic staff. Like, everyone is there to just do their best um, and get the best out of everyone. The competition is so healthy. It's so, so nice to see compared to other places that I've been. Um, not toxic at all. And it, it was incredibly surprising for me. Like, I was in shock. Um, so I just feel really grateful about that and really thankful that that was what I walked into when I first came. Um, cause I really wasn't expecting it. You never know. I mean, it's like the biggest company in the U S the top company. So you would think like maybe crazy ballerinas and like, yeah, know, but <laughs> not at all. And so it was really nice that, that like everybody is, is chill and, and good people and wanting the best for everyone. It's, it's a really good environment. So. Yeah. I'm sure that is refreshing. Yeah. I love that. Okay, final question. If you could give one piece of advice to somebody wanting to go into the dance industry and specifically be a professional ballerina, what would it be? Okay. Uh, So obviously, if you want to make it, you're going to have to, like, work very hard and sacrifice a lot of things in order to get to where you want to be. But in doing so, I would say the best advice I could give you is to film yourself. Um, because no one is going to be more critical than you are of yourself and your work. And, um, it has always helped me like to watch videos to the people that inspire me most. And then once I film myself, I won't be like putting their video next to mine and like, you know, comparing and contrasting and all that. But I did notice that like the difference between dancing like an academic student and a professional is really in the transitional steps in like movement phrases. So forget the the grand jeté, forget the soda shop, forget the poetes. It's like, how did you arrive there? What about your Tommy Potbury? Did you turn it out before? Or what about this the leg that steps right before the big leap? Like, is it turned out? Is it rotated? How did you get there? Like the it's the connecting steps that really matter most. So film yourself and really look out for those movements and see what you can clean up the most because once you achieve the cleanest technique is when you can start adding the artistry and that's what's going to make you separate from the rest and move forward. I love that. And I feel like that does go for all genres of dance. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's something that I do as a professional football cheerleader, which probably could not be farther as far as dance goes from professional ballet, but it's... You don't want to be a sloppy dancer ever, right? Yeah. So you have to find how to get it the purest form of it, but then also get to, like, paint over it with your your, your sauce, your, you know, mm-hmm. your artistry. Yeah. Yeah, and those transition steps, man, those are, those kill me, because I'm like, okay, like, I gotta, I gotta, like, really make sure I, like, hit this, and, like, look super cute on this part, but then I'm like, oh, shoot, I just, like, looked like a man walking to that, like. No, like, totally, I mean, like, one of the hardest, like, variations, solos that I've done, um, it's the Turning Girl from Who Cares by Balanchine, and she has so many, like, tricks, let's say, like, turning tricks that she whips out, right, and those, of course, are the hardest things, right? They're challenging because you need extreme coordination to get those steps every time on stage, right? However, 
all the little steps that happen before that fill in the choreography that give it the personality that it has are just as hard, if not harder, <laughs> because you have to find a way to relax in them and still make them look cute and make sure that you're, you know, putting the pep in the step and then not tiring yourself out so you can save your energy for the harder steps. The, yeah. The, the tricks, you know. It's not easy, but you know. Yeah. As a day for you. <laughs> that's that's why you get the pay, that's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Camilla, for coming on and chatting. You're so sweet to do this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Cool. Good, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> and I will see the rest of you guys on our next episode. Bye, y'all. Bye.